Hello and welcome to this episode of The Gaming Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Magazine. Don't forget, you can check out more from Gaming Magazine by visiting GamingMag.com. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G Mag.com. And new episodes of this brilliant podcast come out every two weeks. If you're new to the podcast, please click subscribe so you don't miss another episode and we'll be in your ears almost permanently. Uh, later in the show, I'm going to be joined by another gaming podcast it's the rainbow road podcast specifically one half of the rainbow road podcast uh travis ryan but first to talk about the good the bad and the ugly of streaming i'm joined by everyone's favorite streamer it's mia well that's a lie but thank you i appreciate it (laughs) you're our favorite streamer okay i'll take it i'll take that yeah definitely just don't tell the other streamers all right yeah (laughs) no there are there's a a lot of a lot of big streamers out there but it would be great if i was everybody's favorite but I know for a fact that's not true. So. <laughs> Spoilers, we'll come on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can actually confidently say you're one of our favorite streamers because um, as a sort of jumping off point for this conversation, uh, we have a new column on gaming uh, called Streamer of the Week, uh, which launched last week. Um, and Ed has done a brilliant job of sort of putting all this together. And it's one of his favorite things to do, uh, I'm told. And I know that you our, are this week's streamer of the week. Oh, on wait, gaming. am I? I? I knew nothing about this. What? <laughs> That's crazy. What, a, what, what, what an I'm unexpected so surprise. Yeah, it's so unexpected. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a fantastic thing that we're doing. I think Ed's doing a great job with it. And I think it's it's giving voice, giving amplification and, and, and celebrating mm-hmm. the sort of the, the LGBT streamers that exist and the sort of diversity of those streamers as well. So as a jumping off point, why is it do you think uh there are so many lgbtq people who stream oh very good question that's like uh that's 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 a <laughs> that's lot that's the million like, dollar question that is a million dollar question i think um just the the idea that you have absolute control i guess is probably a good place to start uh representation in general is extremely important um and what other parts of society do you be, are you able to set up your own show where you can do anything that you want, kick out the people who heckle <laughs> and just are surrounded by, by wonderful human beings who you can connect with. I think uh, that and like the sense of community is, is very important when it comes to uh, streaming. It probably draws in quite a few LGBTQIA plus peoples. Um, yeah, there's, again, it's like a refuge more so than anything else. I was going to come on to talk about community because I think that's one of the most important things that I see happening around streamers is, is they don't just sit and broadcast themselves playing games and that's that. It's it's the sense of community. It's mm. the, the warmth almost. We've been doing um, our weekly uh, streams throughout uh, our DigiPride this year mm-hmm. of uh, in, in partnership with the Rainbow Arcade, which is a fantastic Twitch team. Um, of LGBTQ people, um, definitely. Yeah, I know. I've seen, che- I know a few of the creators on there. It's uh, they're very cool. Yeah, it's it's like thirty odd people. It's quite. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy team. Um, and we've been doing some uh, partnerships with Sold Out and getting them to do some sponsored streams and stuff. And I was sat in uh, Evilicious's stream the other day, um, lurking as I do, and. Um, I, I couldn't help but notice that the, not just the fact that she was playing some fun, uh, really good entertaining kind of gameplay, but also she was welcoming people that were new to the channel. She knew her regulars. She was interacting with them. She was chatting with them. And it, it is crazy. It, it's literally like 
a virtual kind of pub setting almost where she's just screaming across the bar oh hey so and so welcome in etc and it, i just I, it never really it, i sort of was aware of the community element but it kind mm. of that was a brilliant example for me of how really a streamer's job isn't just to play a game and be entertaining in that sense but to know your community and, and know your regulars and callbacks to stuff that happened on yesterday's stream or the week before stream or something and i i think that's for me is is the beauty of it um and and yeah i'm i'm, I'm absolutely baffled by that sort of sense of community i yeah it's uh it I, it's weird like getting this kind of like uh view of streaming from an outsider looking in because I've been on the platform for like three, four years, sorry, four years now. I literally had my uh, four-year anniversary stream the other day. It was the last thing I did. Probably why my voice is so like sharp too. I, sound like <laughs> I wasn't going to mention ago, the voice. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that sense of community is, is, is definitely what drew me to Twitch in the first place. Like a lot of people must imagine that it's just people sitting there playing video games when it is so much more than that it's it's getting to know people it's sharing stories and again this is probably why the lgbtqia plus experience on twitch is so profound and meaningful because it's real representation you're getting to know actual people it's a safe space for anybody within those communities too and uh yeah it's it's um again where else can you find that I don't like if you're just on YouTube watching videos that, yeah, that's great. But you're not there's not that direct one to one connection. Absolutely. And I think that's the important thing is that I was thinking I was just saying thinking about obviously if you are um, an LGBTQIA plus person who lives in the middle of nowhere or uh, mm. in a red state in America or in the north in England mm -hmm. uh, or, or wherever that's sort of more challenging, let's say, for our queer existences. Um you you can sit and watch Drag Race. You could sit and watch YouTube videos. You can sit and watch uh, Queer Eye and, and all those really positive experiences. And I think that they do have value, but you're not interacting with anybody. And it, and there isn't that kind of feeling of community. It, in, if, if anything, you're sat there, potentially sat there going, I wish I had that life, but hey, I'm stuck here and, and, mm -hmm. and whatever. But the the idea that people can coalesce around these streamers um and build those communities and and make those connections and uh, as you say in in a beautifully sort of community driven safe space um i think is fantastic yeah yeah i mean it's uh it's also great to have a uh, a platform to spread that positively positivity and, and spread those uh good messages i mean like you like you just mentioned um i constantly whenever whenever like something like pride comes up or something like that I'm constantly asked, like, oh, why is this the thing, you know, by, like, some of the ne'er-do-wells on the internet. And it's like, it's exactly that reason. Uh, we uh, we don't get many chances to control the way that we're represented. Um, there are still countries that have anti-LGBT laws. Mm. There, there are still, I mean, again, states in America, the red states and southern states and... The north of England, like you said, that isn't as accepting of LGBTQIA plus people. I know for a fact that a long time growing up, me just watching stuff on TV was mostly very few and far between in terms of trans representation. And whenever it was on television, it was all negative stereotypes. Your yeah. Ace Venturas, your Chandler's dads, that sort of thing. And um, 
it would have been great to to just be able to like connect with people and and find out more about about lgbtqia plus like lifestyle and and just just those experiences in general what is it do you think is the sort of key skills that are needed to be a streamer i feel like you need, you need eyes in the back of your head because Not i sort so of much. see people <laughs> i see people streaming and it's like you're playing a game and you're monitoring a chat and oh, okay from that yeah yeah to, to like handle multiple things at once you do have to be yeah. like a sort of <laughs> octopi type uh, <laughs> person i guess to handle so many things at once it really depends on the game that you're playing like so uh if you're playing animal crossing or something like that it's a much more relaxed time than than say if you're you're going full on on something like overwatch or dead by daylight or some other first person shooter and it really depends what your community is there for if they're there to see your player skill if they're there to actually interact with you fortunately i'm terrible at video games so (laughs) (laughs) they're more so there to to interact with me and just have cool conversations which is quite nice so i tend to like focus on games where it's either narrative driven experiences or i can actually focus on the um the chat like uh, it's a big reason why i got into uh, warframe that is just kind of mindless fun i can mm. kind of just spam the uh the melee button and destroy everything in that game and uh just concentrate on on hanging out with chat and, and again having those really really cool chill experiences and just talk about how everybody's day went and and like what they're up to and spreading good messages shout out to uh digital extremes by the way uh, they publish, well, actually, they develop Warframe. And uh, they recently had their TennoCon event and were kind enough to to feature me as part of it, which was crazy. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's insane. It's like it was like 350,000 plus people watching. Not that I'm bragging, but like I think it shows, <laughs> like, again, that importance because that many people watching, I'm, an, I'm a trans uh, queer streamer and uh, they've, they've already received recently for being like pro uh black lives matter and stuff like that so for them to put me in that position uh i think i think sent a um they might not have been trying to send a message but uh, but it, it definitely helped in terms of representation i had so many people coming out to me afterwards and just saying how happy they were to see me as part of that show uh which was incredibly meaningful to me mm. i was super super happy about that in fact that's probably one of the reasons that i stream in general like it was it's a happy coincidence i started streaming just because i just wanted to an excuse to play video games again and i didn't think it was a good idea to just well i i, I kind of looked at them as a waste of time for a little bit if you if you get my meaning i i just started transition and I just started a new job. I just moved into a place by myself. I had no friends because transition took care of that. That was great. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just was like, well, I, I want to play video games, but you know what? I'll just I'll just stream them. Then I can just like have an excuse, say, oh yeah, I'm doing it for a reason, and I can talk to people and stuff. But as a coincidence of that or a happy accident, like I've managed to connect with so many people. I've had people again, approached me saying that they've realized that they were transgender or LGBTQ because they watched my streams and started to, like, again, question more about what it is to be LGBTQIA+. And and, it, and that are some of the most meaningful 
experiences I've had during my time as a streamer. Just knowing that I can connect with people in that way and that that I mean something to them. That's it's it's incredible. And again, it, you don't really get that anywhere else. So it's, it's crazy. No, not at all. And I, I think it's I think it's testament to you and I think it's testament to everybody that sort of puts their authentic self out there. Hmm. Um, and I think that is an important thing that, that we mentioned before about being a visible creator. And, and I, I guess it's, it's a case that if you, if you stand there and say, or sit there, I guess is the case with streamers. Uh, if you sort of sit there and, and put, oh, I have a standing self. desk. Thank you very much. Oh, I okay, can stand okay, up okay. and stream. I'm capable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely do that and, and I'm not lazy and sit down constantly. Yeah. I was going to say, it must be sort of, I, mean, I, I know, I mean, roughly how long does your streams last? Because I know some people between three and five, isn't it? Sort of. Typically, it's it's around six hours. But, Ooh, um, yeah, it's around uh, six I'd hours. Stand, the last I'd one was 12, though, well. so, uh, but that was a, a celebration. So yeah. H- Hence the voice. <laughs> hence the voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think, yeah. So going back to what I was saying about, um, uh, people sitting there being the most authentic selves. I, I think that is possibly one of the key things I've seen about streamers is, and this feeds back into what we were talking about earlier about um, using streaming as a way of, of connecting with people. And I think you can only do that if you're being authentic. Um, I mean, I, I guess from, from the get-go, from what you just said about using streaming as a way of playing games while you were transitioning, I, I guess from the get-go, you literally put that flag out there loud and proud that you are what you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I I make no secrets, and 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 maybe that was just uh, how I viewed myself at the beginning. I just thought I was like terrible at passing anyway, so I may as well just uh, just just tell the truth on the platform. Uh, not because like I had any like agenda to to you know push being LGBTQIA or or anything like that. And again, another happy coincidence, but um, just just because I just wanted to be truthful. You know, there are a lot of streamers that do put on like a front that do put on like a persona and and things like that and uh, i can understand like if that's something that they need to do or if they want to play a character in order to create some form of entertainment that's great not what i'm about i feel like it's it's just better to just have that sense of authenticity and allow uh my viewers to actually connect with me because if i'm if i want to communicate things to them I think it's far more effective that it's coming from a place of honesty than a place of, again, playing a character. And I, I'm not knocking people who do, but it, it just seems a little bit... With some of the bigger streamers, uh, like um, some people who were recently banned off the platform, it just seems a little inauthentic. You know, it just seems a little... There's a little bit more of a disconnect there. That it's, it's very grandiose and, and self-important. And I don't really go for that. And I think that's the subtle difference, isn't it, between putting on a show and just being that kind of more community-driven uh, sort of streamer? Mm, mm. I mean, I, I like to think so. Um, again, it, it's uh, a double-edged sword because uh, personally for me, I see I see a lot of other streamers sometimes like uh, take advantage of situations and step over others to get ahead, and it just seems so... I don't know. That's not that's not me. Anyway, that's not the way I do yeah. things, and it's uh, it's 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 disappointing when I see it. But you know, you gotta you gotta make that you gotta make that move out. You gotta make that do. You gotta get out there. And uh, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, that, that's the sort of I guess that's a counterpoint of all of this, isn't it? Which is, I guess, you come you come at it with 
whatever sort of view you want to come at it with. And I, I know that a lot of people uh, like yourselves that are making a, a good sort of career out of it. And that is your your full time job. But obviously, I, we know a lot of other streamers who uh, stream in the evening after mm. their after their sort of day jobs. And I think I guess it's, it's risky, isn't it? I suppose. And you if you get too competitive or if you go chasing too hard for maybe some of that sponsorship that uh, you do start to become oddly um, competitive in a sort of negative way like you were just talking about. Yeah, I, I guess like optics also are a big thing there too because you don't, I, 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 I worry about being perceived as a sellout sometimes. Like even recently I've had a few sponsorship deals. I've got a, I've got a sponsorship coming up where it's a, the sponsorship is... Um, literally just listening to a song on stream which is one of the most interesting sponsorships i've ever been uh, approached with <laughs> it's, it's it's incredibly odd it's a it's a good song mind you so yeah hashtag sponsored um <laughs> but it's uh you always have this 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 overwhelming uh knowledge that you, you don't want to be perceived as somebody who who sells out and again that can happen sometimes maybe it's just all in my head i tend to be paranoid about a, a lot of this stuff but um with the platform the way it is, I, it's incredibly volatile, Twitch. It's it's mm. not something that's consistent, a consistent way of making money because you're, you're incredibly reliant on your community members in order to put their hands in their pockets and uh, share their revenue with you. And it's, um, that's, I, I know that's been looked down upon by many people. And uh, it's that's a little bit upsetting because it's still providing a service. But it's um, you can't rely on that, especially now during COVID, too. It's it's a little bit dangerous with so many people who have lost their incomes right now. And that's why I say it's always great to uh, communicate to your audience. You don't need to donate. You don't need to subscribe. You don't need to throw your money at the stream if you can't afford it. That's the last thing I want people to do if they can't afford it. Like, I'd never want to be the reason that somebody doesn't have food on the table, you know, because I'm some silly streamer just uh, just swanning about on the internet. And yeah, <laughs> but it's um, it's it's weird, like the overwhelming support that you that you do get sometimes. But yeah, I can un completely understand why why people like go so hard for sponsorships and want to make sure that they they put food on the table because it, it's it is so dangerous that and it's not just the fact that you're reliant on your viewers to watch it's the fact that um twitch as a platform in terms of viewership it changes every single day like mm. every from week to week a new game could be like the hot thing at the time you could put all your time spent in growing in one category on Twitch, say like, for instance, um, Valorant or something like that. You could spend a lot of time uh, putting your time into it. Actually, let's say Overwatch. So you could put so much time into Overwatch, but a few years down the line when Overwatch isn't the big thing anymore, mm. what do you do then? Because you'll find like sometimes a lot of viewers will disappear when you switch your gaming category too. So yeah, incredibly volatile. And it's definitely something to be, to be aware of if you are considering streaming on Twitch, you want to be growing on multiple platforms at the same time because putting all your eggs in one basket is always a bad idea. So whether or not that's, that's Twitch or TikTok or Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No, there's. I think some of the more successful streamers that I know um, seem to have a corner of the market in a couple of a couple of game categories, mm -hmm. um, but also then have quite a healthy YouTube 
presence as well. Um, and I just, I just, I think you're right. It's a case of sort of spreading some of that out and, and not being quite as quite as risky. Um, what you said a minute ago obviously pinged off in my head about Twitch being quite volatile. <laughs> um, we're of course not just talking about the volatile nature of people's interests and comings and goings and stuff. Twitch as a platform um, has been through a fair share of troubles, let's say. Um, how has that been for you? I mean, look, that that they certainly haven't quite grasped the idea maybe of how to best work with LGBTQ people um, in the past. I mean, is that getting better? How, how do you genuinely feel about it? I think it is. I definitely think it's, it's getting better again. That volatility on the on the platform isn't just uh, just playing different games and different game categories and hoping that you get the viewership there. It's uh, the way that the users react to you, and there are there is a lot of um, I wouldn't I, there there's a lot of trolls on the platform. There mm. are a lot of people who will will search for streamers just to to target, which is upsetting. But it's a coincidence of the way twitch was built twitch was built primarily as a uh, platform focused uh with gaming in mind and that's uh mostly targeting uh cis white male you know just in general and um so that's going to be drawing those crowds it's going to draw in a lot of edgy boys going to draw in a lot of xbox xbox live arcade teens mm. uh swearing and using all kinds of, of words and they don't they literally make it their mission to spew hate and uh it's definitely something i wish twitch would do more to combat i think they have been and i think they've been making moves recently to in order to help with that and develop the representation of lgbt streamers on the platform um because in terms of like people on the platform who get hate it's always going to be queer streamers or it's going to be people of color. Uh, those mm. are the two main uh, minorities that, that get hate on the on the platform. As far as I've seen, obviously, I could be ignorant to to others um, receiving hate because I'm not really part of those communities. But it does seem heavily focused in those areas. And again, this just goes back to representation on Twitch. And, and Twitch has been doing some work towards representation they have their pride months they have their their black history months where they highlight uh, people of color where they highlight lgbtqia plus streamers and it helps it definitely helps but it doesn't seem like it's enough almost um a lot of the time it seems like we get one month in a whole year where we are highlighted and then mm. for the rest of the year you don't really see queer content creators on the front page of twitch or, or predominantly um, people of color on the on the front page of Twitch. It's it's mostly goes back to uh, cis male gamers again, and it's uh, it's a little bit disappointing because they could do so much more. I feel like they have a um, a social responsibility in that sense to highlight creators uh, with different lifestyles, with different viewpoints. Just 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 underrepresented underrepresented minorities in general like they could do so much there and it's it's a little bit disappointing that they don't i know they've got an lgbtq category mm. but i equally know that there is some controversy around that because anybody can tag themselves 
as LGBTQ. Yeah, that was um, a uh, that was an interesting discussion for a while. So what that comes down to is there is a system called um, tags on on I believe it's called tags. It might be called, called something else, but you can tag your stream. With, I think it's tags. Yeah, you can tag your stream with different categories. So this is different from the actual game category that you're you're playing into. Mm. Um, so as well as like saying streaming to the full guys category, you could be have LGBTQ plus on your stream. You could have like voice acting on there or, or whatever you're into, really, depending on if it's part of that categorized list. And um, the LGBTQ uh, plus tag had a lot of people who were allies streaming to it. And that caused some controversy because Twitch did come out and say afterwards that allies can use this. That's great. But um, a lot of people, and I kind of share this here a little bit, is if I see a stream tagged with LGBTQIA+, I want to go in there looking for like-minded people, looking mm. for, um, uh, again, queer representation and queer people to watch. And if I'm going in there, and, and again, it's just some... Uh, cis white male ally or something like that it's like that's great but you know you're not exactly the content that i want it's a bit like gay bars mm. that have hen parties coming in or yeah, gay bars or, or bachelorette if, for our american listeners um in a way that you are in your safe space mm. and you want people in that space to also sort of treat you with respect and everything else but then i think people who Allies, ally, look, allyship, I think, is very important. I've always felt oh, because we wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't be where we are in the world in general without our allies. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes we do need our own spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I do sort of worry that in the same way that gay bars are sort of occasionally get ransacked by sort of straight people uh, in, in a lovely way. Um, but equally, we we kind of just enjoy having that gay bar to ourselves. Um, and I think I, I imagine it's the same sort of thing when you're looking for LGBT streamers uh, or going into those areas. You you kind of want you want people to come in feeling like they're they're in a safe space. And I think if if there's a risk that there are sort of straight people there, ally or not, um, that it's it's sometimes maybe not quite you're not quite getting what you set out to get. Yeah, I think it's a. <laughs> It's not just that, like, and, and it's wonderful that there are safe spaces on the platform for people and people want to use that tag as a way of, of creating those safe spaces. That's great. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, I th it wouldn't be as bad if Twitch hadn't made the situation worse in general uh, because they used mm. to have a completely different system for this. Uh, it was called Communities. It worked very much in the same way as the tagging system does now, except you could um, create your own tags. So. Okay. So you could create an LGBT tag or you could uh, put, you know, like something more specific, like transgender on there or something like that. And um, that was incredibly helpful for finding people that you wanted to to watch. Like if I wanted to find a, another transgender streamer, I could go, I could look at the transgender tag that somebody tagged themselves with and I could find mm. that like that. Um, I clicked my fingers for the uh, audio. I, um, I, I heard yeah. it. I heard yeah, it. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> Um, but like now that's that's not really possible. Like I have to go into those tags now. I have to look at LGBTQIA and then I'm just endlessly scrolling down a list. I don't know who is who and, and you know, what they identify as if they're if they're um, if they're just lesbian or if they're gay or if they're non-binary or, or transgender. Mm. I have no clue or if they're an ally. And this is why it's it's so difficult 
having this limited tagging system that Twitch has. Um, a lot of us have been pushing for more diverse tags in general, like um, myself and a good friend of mine, Nicotine, have been pushing for a transgender tag, which would be great because then we could just find exactly the kind of content that we want to. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be something that Twitch is interested in right now. And it's something that we'll keep saying until they implement it. But yeah. Twitch has also got this thing, and I think it passed me by a little bit, but I know you know more about it than I do, where they had uh, the G in LGBTQIA plus is for gamer. Oh, yeah. What? So, okay, so Twitch that likes to That sounds like another out. famous misstep by <sighs> Twitch. Yeah, yeah. They've been making several missteps recently. Um, Twitch likes to put out videos on, on Twitter, on their social media, in order to, like, highlight streamers and highlight stuff that's been going on on the platform, which is absolutely fantastic, obviously. And they decided to do one uh, for Pride Month. And um, most of the video was fine. But at one part, they they popped up uh, the G and LGBT. QI plus is for gamer. And um, it, it just struck a, uh, a, a bad chord with a lot mm. of people. Because, it, again, in terms of representation and teaching people what the acronym actually means, there's already confusion about what some of the letters in the acronym means it doesn't need more uh yep. more help from from twitch itself to misconstrue and um also it doesn't need any uh help to power the the edgy boys who are now going to go into people's chats and spam <laughs> Jews for gamer you know like it's um it's a little bit uh reductive especially when there's so much erasure that happens sometimes within the uh lgbtq community depending on where you go so that they they definitely made a misstep there. Um, they also made a, another misstep with one of their videos recently as well. It was a, a Black Lives Matter video, um, but it was focused on people raising money for Black Lives Matter as a uh, in a charity way. And unfortunately, they they decided to predominantly highlight um, white white people for oh that. God. Yeah, um, out of like everybody that was featured, I think it was like. 10 or 12 creators featured and there were like two people of color in there it, it and it just seems like there's this disconnect mm. at twitch like they want to do they want to help yeah but they don't know how to do it or they don't run it by somebody who might have said you know this this is a bad idea you know like <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're gonna say oh yeah mm. you know black lives matter supports um support people of color, create black creators on the platform, and then you're showing predominantly white people in that video where you're saying support people of color. It's, it just seems like a complete, completely, uh, it just seems like they don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, and, and that's a horrible thing for anyone to sort of have. And I but I think equally, it's proof that a, a company can try to do good things, but then... Mm sort of keep falling over they did a thing as well and i guess you'd argue this is a good thing um but i know that i think it was about a year ago they what's it banned the nipple or something they went oh. from as a way of trying to sort of like that it's, it's like going from naught to 60 in terms of like having nothing and then just having like everything but i think that there was a a phase i think where a lot of uh female identifying people were trying to mm -hmm. maybe attract some of those gamer boys into their stream uh by streaming with incredibly low cut tops and and other sort of uh um assets and um i think twitch obviously was like no we, we can't really do that but instead of just 
going well cover up a bit they have introduced some draconian policy, which means that everyone has to keep every item of clothing on at all times. Yeah, well, women have to keep every item of clothing on That's at all times. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. I think I think yeah. it was. Uh, I'm not sure if this. I'm getting this confused with the the Tumblr thing that happened last year, but it's. I think it might have been like female presenting nipples. Um, which is like, if you're a guy, you can take your shirt off fine as long as there's context there for it. Or if you're a girl, then 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 it's. Uh, or if you're you know present feminine. Mm. In that way, yeah. it's uh, it's the worst thing ever. It's a, it's a really stupid argument, and they obviously did it to placate uh, some of like, again these uh, edgy gamer boys who constantly scream about you know booby streamers on the platform. Yeah. And that 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 argument is a non-starter in general because as much as I don't you know agree with um, getting almost naked for for views or anything like that more power to them you know if, if if women want to use their bodies in that way it's fine if people are willing to pay them money then those people are willing to pay them money they're not stealing anybody else's views no but mm. no viewer is going to go to a, a person's a stream because um like a very hot girl stream um if they get banned off the platform then they're going to turn around and go i'm just going to go to this random guy's stream instead who's, who's streaming yeah. to like three people that doesn't happen like they're there for a specific kind of content yeah. and if that content disappears, they'll just go to Pornhub or something like that. Not that I'm equating booby streamers with Pornhub, but for guys that are there to get like some kind of titillation, they're never going to go to to no. some random person's stream and just throw money at them. Because again, that's not that what they're there for. It's, it's The conversation doesn't really bear having that much because it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a stupid conversation when you think about it. Yeah, it doesn't really equate. Um, okay, let's move on to kind of like Mia's guide to streaming. <laughs> um, this will be fun. Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> in, in, in a way of if were I to turn around tomorrow and say I want to start streaming, um, which no one would pay any good money to see, I'll be honest, because I am terrible. I'd be surprised. Absolutely terrible. I guess the only thing I could do, and I, has thought, I have thought of it occasionally, is I would call my stream Robin is shit at gaming. <laughs> and it, it would literally be me streaming and people laughing about how crap I am at doing any mm -hmm. kind of main video. Honestly, game. you know, that's a unique selling point. That would work. I think so. I mm -hmm. think it would. Um, if I were to do that, or if anybody out there is thinking about sort of becoming a streamer, what are kind of the the early steps, your top 10 tips, loads of sort of stuff like that. Let's have a little a little 10 minute powwow about how we... Uh, a crash course in streaming well it really depends on your expectation when you go in for streaming first True. it's like what are you streaming on the platform for are you are you streaming because you again want to create a sense of community are you doing it as a pastime are you do you want to get big and rich and famous and you what you think you'll be the next ninja or the next xqc shroud any any number of like big name streamers honestly if that's the case don't because it's not <laughs> going to happen. It might. There is yeah. a one in a billion chance. Um, Twitch as a platform is extremely oversaturated. So you, you've got to be realistic when you when you head in there to stream. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't. But it's, it's like saying when you get started, don't be entitled and don't have many high expectations of, you know, you're going to start streaming, then viewers are going to flood in. It takes a long time to get anywhere on the platform. For the first few months, you're going to be streaming to zero to three viewers, maybe. 
maybe because discoverability on Twitch is bad. It's not great. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and it's been getting better. Like, they've been in implementing ways of, of finding people more easily. But again, growing on the platform is super, super difficult with the oversaturation. So it's about putting yourself out there. It's about going down different avenues in order to get that kind of discoverability to get that kind of attention, which is why growing on different platforms is so important. Um, so if you're getting started, you want to be streaming to Twitch. You also want to be creating content on other platforms. You don't need the best setup in the world. So when I started, I was on a MacBook that I used to do my motion graphic design work on. And I was playing... Uh, I was using the webcam on that MacBook and I was playing like really old retro games because it was all about that, that MacBook could handle while streaming at the same time. And then over time, I actually invested money into buying a streaming rig and, and set up an actual desktop PC, that kind of thing. But it, it wasn't necessary to like, say, have the microphone that I have now or have the, the camera that I have now. I have like a mirrorless camera, which is a lot better quality, but you can do just as much if you've just got a, a random webcam or, or something like that, rather than, than shelling out so much money. Because worst case scenario, you shell out a bunch of money, you got all this great stuff, right? Yeah. And then you get no viewers. It doesn't take off. In fact, over time, you find out that you hate streaming. And then you realize that you've just thrown all this money at uh, stuff to create content and you don't want to do it anymore. So... To be fair, that sounds exactly something like I would do. I'm... <laughs> I'm one of the worst people for having these like knee jerk i'm gonna do this and then suddenly rush off and spend hundreds of, i've got a i've got a bloody uh gopro sat behind mm. me somewhere that two christmases ago i thought would be a fantastic use of my christmas money um so i sunk like about 300 quid into uh, a gopro with all the accessories and everything else i think i've used it once oh yeah and that was like swimming underwater in key west which was lovely but have i edited that video no have i posted that video anywhere no and so that's my kind of, yeah, I feel like that's a trap I would fall into. <laughs> well, that's the thing as well. It's like, you've got that GoPro. You could probably, I'm not sure if you could make this happen. Does it have any kind of like output settings on it? Like HDMI or anything like that? It's got a, it's, it, um, I tried to use it um, at the start of lockdown when everyone was quiz happy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I wanted a kind of, um, there was four of us in the house at the time and I kind of wanted to use it as a webcam um which i believe you can make it happen on windows pcs but you can't on mac for some reason because mac's obviously mac mm -hmm. um so again i i tried to put my gopro to some good use but that just fell over on itself as well so mm. never mind, never mind. I mean, <laughs> it really depends and again like if you have like a camera lying around um i use a cam link personally myself in order to send like the hdmi output through to my pc and that's like a basically like just a capture card but captures your your video so maybe give that a test with that but I, I i do the exact same thing with like i've got so much stuff <laughs> back here that's just random like uh that i wanted to get into maybe like uh perla perla art for instance i think i've got a whole kit back here for perla art streams and i was gonna and i was gonna go really hard on perla art streams i think i did one and then i've not <laughs> touched that kit ever again it's um yeah, there's a, and there's no like sunk cost fallacy there. Like I'm not like jumping on in and constantly doing it. Uh, but um, wasting wasting money is is definitely something that you should avoid when you get started. Yes, just um, in general. Mm -hmm, just in general. I'd say um, 
a unique selling point is probably the best thing that you can have when you're starting on Twitch. And, and what that means to you will depend on what kind of creator you are. Like you said, yours sounds absolutely great. Just being terrible <laughs> at video games. <laughs> yeah. That might be Which the li thing. Life in general, to be honest with you. Mm, mm, I was, don't worry. I, I feel you there. I feel you there. <laughs> <sighs> but it's, uh, I've seen lots of creators do lots of different things. Some people will go hard on like role playing again, play characters and stuff like that. Um, some people will go hard on, on um, doing... One-on-one uh, -on -one interviews or panels, that kind of thing, and that's their shtick, and that gets them a lot of um, attention. But it's really down to you, what you're comfortable with, and um, the way that how you want to put your best foot forward. But people are going to find you eventually. You just got to get out there on those multiple platforms to help people find you, and you've got to capture them. You want to communicate something. You want to mm. present this as a journey, not so. You never really want to say, okay. I've made it or something like that. I see streaming as an ongoing project. Like if you're going to get into streaming or any kind of content creation, there's not really any breaks as it were, because if you take a long break, you're at risk of um, losing that, uh, <laughs> that core audience that you, you have there and losing some of the people that fell off. Um, for instance, say like I take a week off, off gaming and, and, uh, of streaming, for instance, and a day before, a person who popped in was watching. They're really down with it, but then I take a week mm. off, and that person's like, "Well, I haven't seen them stream for a week," and they don't come back. You know, so it's like retaining the viewers that you have, being 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 um, grateful that anybody wants to watch you at all. I'm always incredibly amazed that anybody watches my content. Like, I think I'm averaging like. 100 to 150 viewers at the moment and i'm like that's insane to me it's like yeah. how does the how did how does this <laughs> many people just want to sit me waffle on about like random stuff and, and play video games um it's actually insane so be be grateful for the views that you do have they have lives obviously during covid it's a lot easier to to be watching streaming right now but in general, they have lives, they have stuff to do themselves, you know. Uh, so having them give you their time is one of the most valuable things. So do recognize that and, and don't feel like you should be entitled to anybody's time, anybody's money, anybody's hard work, because you're not at the end of the day. And um, yeah, try and try and be humble, I guess. Be genuine, be humble, try and be a good person. I think that's rules to live by i think for for the into everyone's entire existence rather than just streaming mm, mm. you think so you think being being yeah. uh, your true authentic <laughs> self would uh yeah that probably just works anywhere in life somewhere some places it doesn't though oh that's the other thing too recognize that it, this is business like i go back to if mm. you want if you want to look at streaming like is it a pastime or do you want to make a career out of it if you want to make a career out of it you have to treat it like a business so it's not just the streaming itself it's doing all the work outside of streaming it's uh, working with designers or if it's first off and you don't have any money it's designing your own stuff mm. to go up there instead it's constantly being aware of your schedule it's constantly being aware of what's coming up like going after sponsorship things not waiting for things just to fall into your lap because that doesn't usually happen it's chasing up developers for codes it's all of this stuff that goes on when the camera is not on mm. and so it's it's a lot of work and if you want to do that work to try and be successful great if you want to just do it as a pastime and just play video games to a bunch of people 
then that's equally as valid. It's just you're probably not going to get as far as quickly. Cool. Uh, so expectations, humbleness, and uh, just generally being your, your authentic self. Mm. That's that's most of the things that I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just and, and don't don't waste money. <laughs> don't waste money. Yeah, definitely don't, don't waste one. money. Yeah, <laughs> go watch some tutorials on YouTube. Don't go in self-promotion too. Don't go into somebody's channel and start saying, come and watch my videos. Like networking no, is one of the yeah. biggest things that you can do. Yeah. Like, and we're talking about networking. It's not, it's not, again, it's not going in and, and harassing people to, to get you views. It's, it's finding like-minded people in communities and just hanging out and talking to them. Maybe yeah. you play video games sometimes. Maybe you just have conversations. Maybe that's how you find people to invite on your talk show, that kind of thing. But like networking is also key, but it's creating authentic relationships and not creating relationships just to grow yourself because people will see through that cool mia thank you so much um we are gonna pop off and take a short break uh afterwards i'm talking to travis ryans from the rainbow road podcast uh so we're gonna say goodbye to mia goodbye to mia goodbye to mia yeah uh <laughs> thank you for having goes, me <laughs> pleasure pleasure as always go and support everyone's favorite streamer and other favorite streamers check out game magazine stream of the week uh, for more on mia and also every other stream that we've been featuring um over the past i say uh, we have been featuring i'm kind of relying on people listening to this in the future because so far we've got two under our belts but we'll get there and it's going to be a fantastic feature that grows every week uh we will see you all after the break <laughs> Did you know that Gaming Magazine now has a Discord channel? Come and enjoy more chat, gossip and gameplay with your fellow gamers from around the world. Visit GamingMag.com forward slash Discord to get started. Welcome back. I'm joined by my special guest this week. It's Travis Ryans, who is one half of the Rainbow Road podcast. Travis, welcome. Thank you. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm trying to enjoy the heat in Toronto right now as best as I can. <laughs> um, so we're talking about podcasts and we're talking about, obviously this is, uh, this is a sort of coming together, a pride, if you will, of uh, gay podcasts uh, for gamers. Um, I think we started about the same sort of time. Um, we started November last year. I think you were not far away from that either, I don't think. Um, we started in, I would say, April, actually. So okay, you I'm were definitely ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely wrong, and I haven't done my research. Um, uh, we're just so established that it yeah. feels like it's been here forever. So, uh, Yeah, because we, we, we spoke when it all first started, and I believe we did like a... Um, uh, a bit of coverage around it and everything so yeah apologies for that but yeah I mean, claim if you want we st you started back in november but <laughs> anyway uh so the rainbow road tell me about rainbow road podcast so rainbow road podcast is about queerness in gaming so mike uh Deneen and i my co-host we look at games through a queer lens um that can range from sort of an academic take at looking at things like, are the Asari really a good representation of non-binary genders? Or <laughs> it can be thirsting over Dream Daddy like we're doing this week. It kind of doesn't have a specific tone, 
but it, we kind of try to encompass all of it. Um, we're always looking at queer characters, queer storylines, uh, queer developers is something we really want to be looking at, uh, and even looking at sort of straight games, cishet games, through a queer lens and seeing why specific things really appeal to the queer community. And, that, and that's really cool, and it's a really interesting point you made about, um, we obviously have, I think it's fair to say, um, a richness at the moment of, of games that are starting to come out with queer characters, or at least with queer storylines. But so much of what the LGBT population is good at is putting uh, their queerness into games uh, that maybe weren't meant to be like that, but we just love them. Uh, Pokemon, Animal Crossing, mm -hmm. those sort of things, for example. So yeah, it's, I think it's been, it's been fun to sort of talk about this because we sort of, I, I think we're on a similar kind of gender, agenda, gender, wow, okay. Um, where it's a case of we are <laughs> celebrating the same sort of thing. And I think it's a fabulous thing to celebrate, of course, is queer gaming. Um, what inspired you both to start the podcast? Uh, the podcast was my crazy idea. Um, I, at the start of the lockdown, um, you know, in March when this was all going down, I was going on a lot of walks because what else was there to do? And I just was craving the outside. Um, I lived in a basement apartment that was falling apart and I didn't want to be there. So that meant a lot of podcasts. And I was really looking for something uh, that, you know, that spoke to my interest in gaming, but a lot of them were by these straight dude bros because I hadn't discovered Gaming Magazine yet because, you know, I was a fool uh, and didn't do my research. We're here now. Um, yes. No, we're here now. That's what matters. Um, but yeah, as I was looking through, it, it really... It wasn't talking about the parts of games that I really found interesting. And the closest I think I managed to come was What's Good Games. Um, mm. Those four ladies are wonderful. Uh, and they were great, but they weren't talking to specific experiences that I had encountered with gaming. And, you know, as I kept looking and not finding what I wanted, I was like, you know what? If no one else is going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm really happy with, you know, the fact that it all sort of came together because I asked Mike, you know, if he was interested. And Mike is much more qualified to talk about things than I am because he has a sociology degree, so he can actually <laughs> apply that lens to things, whereas I just play a lot of games. Um, so, yeah, uh, I asked Mike, he said yes, and I started getting some friends together, talking to my contacts. I thankfully know a couple people who work in the industry, and uh, yeah, it all sort of came together. How did the two of you meet? Were, were you friends before that, or, were, or did this kind of bring you, bring you together? Or We have been asked that since we started, and we both realized we've been friends for such a long time that we've forgotten. <laughs> we're not really sure how we met. Um, it was sometime when we were teenagers, so, you know, like a year or two ago. You know, not, not, not a long time ago. <laughs> uh, we were going to uh, these events called uh, Homo Hops, which were like all ages events for queer youth um, so that they could experience sort of the queer club lifestyle without the alcohol present um, yeah. and ostensibly without the drugs present. I'm telling you that was not <laughs> the case, but you know, that was, that was what was on the poster. Um, and yeah, I, I'm fairly certain we met at one of those events, um, but we kept bumping into each other. Um, he performed in a play that I went to go see and then while I met him there, also his sister offered to give me a haircut at their place, which we didn't tell him about. So he showed up at home and was like, why are you in my home, Travis? What are you doing here? <laughs> so we've been friends for a very long time. 
and the, the the love of games was that a sort of shared uh thing from the start of your your friendship um or was that uh, something you sort of found your way into um yes and no i mean we both knew that the other person really liked games um i remember at during that special haircut um, seeing all of the Zelda memorabilia in his place, including like a gold Zelda cartridge. Uh, and I was like, oh, whoever lives here is super cool. Uh, <laughs> finding out that was him. Um, but uh, we hadn't really talked much about our shared love of games, honestly, until this had started. I just knew that he would be a perfect co-host for it. So I asked him. Um, and I really enjoyed these past couple of months getting to like bond with him over that. That's cool. I mean, that's a really interesting way of sort of exploring, I guess, each other's games interests is by doing it live on a on a podcast <laughs> um out of all the episodes you've done and i say all um as a massive back catalog obviously um what's been your favorite episode um that is a very tough question um i should have asked mike what his favorite was <laughs> i didn't um my favorite is unfortunately the one episode where mike wasn't there <laughs> wow um Okay. Uh, it's not not related. Not related. Um, it was I just love the, the episode where I got to go solo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, it was the Mass Effect episode uh, because we had some incredible guests on for that. Um, some very close friends. Uh, we had Aton Shalman, Ashley Park, Ashley Cooper, and Anthony Oliveira, who were all just wonderful. It was this perfect balance of stupid comedy, us laughing about you know um, screw Mary Kill of the Mass Effect teammates. Uh, but then also, as I said before, taking some really academic um, lenses to the Mass Effect series and looking at it, um, we talked about sort of the decadence of the Asari, you know, relating to the Catholic Church and things like that. Like It, it was a lot of fun to do that episode. It was really cool. And so you're saying that this week's uh, topic is Dream Daddy. Um, yes. Out of all of that cast, uh, who is your, your go-to bay? So I, I do get into this in the podcast. Um, Without I a spoiler for the podcast, obviously, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin any discussions oh. that you've got in the podcast, but it's up to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think we're that important. I'm not going to try <laughs> to put us up on that. But um, I, I, I immediately was going after Matt and Craig uh, just because they were the most attractive to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to say, Damien actually ended up being the most interesting to me. Um, he seems like a cartoon character when you first meet him. Actually, it seems like a Karen yelling at the cashier, uh, but he uh, he really grows on you. He actually has the most interesting story, I think. Uh, did you play Dream Daddy? I haven't. Um, and so I'm asking a kind of like a who should I pursue sort of question. Like I'm asking loving advice, I guess, but for Dream Daddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I personally recommend Damien. Um, I will say... Um, Robert has some issues, so if you do want to romance him, you can't sleep with him on the first night. But, uh, you, you'll find out the rest later, Got it. but just don't go home with Robert. That's okay. my advice. Fair enough. Um, what else is coming up? So if, do you, how far ahead do you plan? Is it kind of like a, a bit of an off-the-cuff kind of thing? Or um, do you know roughly the sort of next two or three episodes maybe as to what you're talking about? Um, I had... a pretty clear plan of our first like 10 episodes when I started uh, because I was going to try to bank on games I'd already played um, that is running out <laughs> so we are trying to plan 
two to three games ahead right now um, because it does take time to play them, and yeah. we want to make sure that we've really fully experienced it and also find guests who have done the same. Um, so we're, we're trying to plan two to three ahead. Currently, our next couple are going to be um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us Two. Because uh, there isn't enough controversial discourse about that game yet. Exactly. We need we need more discussions about The Last of Us too. Um, <laughs> that's just been yeah. That needs all the defense it can get. To be honest with you, at the moment, um, it's been and it will get it. I promise you. Yeah, it will get it. it's, it's been stupid how the whole game has sort of like been running uh, from the sort of straight crowds, literally from the get go, um, in defense of its life almost. Um, yeah. people, I think people were out like sharpening their pickaxes like months before the game even landed um, and what harm does it actually do it tells a great story with great characters and yeah okay there's some twists yeah okay there's uh, a couple of things that you might not necessarily have wanted to happen to that character but it's a fucking video game with a story attached to it What do you do, do you want them to live happily ever after do you want them to be a completely predictable kind of six seven hour game that you just don't know what's going to happen that you that you sorry that you know what's going to happen or do you want twists mm -hmm. and turns and challenges and whatever else i for one personally love the fact that uh it's breaking records making history setting the world alight um and there's a an amazingly proud queer character at the heart of it um and also another bisexual character and a trans character built into there really authentically really passionately done um and it's setting records and making history yeah, absolutely. And I, oh god, there's so much I want to say about this. So I'm going to try to keep it condensed. <laughs> my my thought for first people like is, if you looked at what happened in the first, uh, I don't know, it's an hour of the game. I don't want to spoil anything, but you all know about what I'm talking about if you played the game that that one moment. If you thought that that wasn't how this game started, I don't know what you thought this game was going to be. <laughs> like that was really the only sensible narrative place for that to go if there was going to be a sequel. Um, and as for the rest of it, yeah, like you said, they've done such incredible work in championing queer characters and doing such a great job of it. And I, I do think there are some decent critiques to be made about that. You know, Lord knows I have a few myself, but the ones I've seen are just such bad faith, um, lazy interest in the material. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about that, especially with, um, we're going to be bringing Kaya and Ashley back as well, uh, who we had on our first Last of Us episode. Um, and I really am excited to hear their takes as um, trans players to hear about nice. the handling of Lev as a trans character. So yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to do that episode. Um, spinning off from that slightly, um, we are looking forward to uh, the last, uh, not the Last of Us, we were just talking about that. We're, talk we're looking forward to Tell Me Why. Um, yes! which is uh, the game coming out later this August, it was confirmed, literally later this month, um, with the very, world's very first uh, trans protagonist fronting it. Um, and, and that is, like something, again, huge move. It's from Don't Nod um, of Life is Strange. And I think that's really, really exciting thing to look forward to as well. Yeah, and if you listen to the devs, they talk about how they actually had trans people involved in the process yeah. and to make sure that they are the ones helping to tell the story. Because it's not the first time we've seen trans characters in video games, but it's the first time we're seeing a AAA studio have them front and center, uh, which is very specific. And making sure that they're actually talking with that community and making sure that, you know, these representations are authentic and helpful 
are so important. And the fact that they said, this has worked into our budget. This was part of the creative process. This was always part of the plan. And you can't afford to do this. You can't say that, oh, well, you know, we don't have anyone on the team yeah. or, you know, we couldn't afford to do it. That's just not acceptable. It's not. And tell me why is showing you that you, it can be done. And I am so excited to see that game. I really am. Well, they're showing you how it's done, but they're also showing you what the best practice of it all is as well. Like you say, they yeah. We know they consulted with Glad. We know they consulted with their own team members, um, and also the actor uh, themselves was uh, mm -hmm. instrumental in in basically guiding some of that story development as well. Um, we actually got an interview with one of the developers through gaming um, when this was first announced late last year. Um, because there was a lot of concern, rightly so, from a lot of our sort of trans, mm -hmm. read, trans readers, trans contributors, trans friends, who are like, oh, God, it's a trans game about the trans story. And it's just like massive <laughs> red, red sort of alerts going off. Um, and we sort of secured an interview and managed to sort of unearth quite a lot of these uh, facts. And, and it, it, it put a lot of people to um, it put a lot of people at ease, uh, which is which was fantastic. And, and also there's they've just launched, I think, uh, on the website, a, a brilliant FAQ. Um, if you haven't read it, go and read it, um, which lists off all these sort of things about is there going to be uh, is there going to be instances of transphobia? Is there going to be instances of homophobia? Is there going to be instances of all these different things? Uh, and they're exceptionally honest about it. Uh, yes, there is going to be uh, some instances. No, they're not going to suffer. Um, it's a really positive story to tell. There, there will be a couple of moments where they talk about their past life. Are they going to be dead name? No. Are they going to be? And I think it, it might sound stupid, but I think it's a great way of helping people understand how committed they are to this. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things to take from that. I mean, um, trans players, I mean, I'm speaking for a community that I'm not a part of here, so, you know, take Me this with a grain of salt. But I think um, trans players uh, can really benefit from that and decide at what level they want to engage with this material, and uh, you know, whether it's appropriate for them. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not going to be flashed in your face at the front of it, so you will have to seek this information out, but that's kind of a good thing because it means that you have access to this information, but it is not spoiling you in case you want to go in blind. And it also is a good subtle nod to cis players of this is the kind of stuff we need to be talking about. This is what yeah. we need to be checking in with the community with and making sure that like that you are not dead naming and that you are aware of the dangers of telling a story that's not your own. And these are the things you should be watching out for. Um, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled to see it because, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda dead naming their character. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us 2 walked a very fine line that I think they fell on the right side of, but I don't blame anyone else for thinking that they didn't. Um, so, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, I, I just, yeah, I'm so happy. And the, I, I think this year is going to, I mean, putting the pandemic aside, this year is going to be a rough year because, of course, we have Cyberpunk coming up, um, which... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 can that can be a fun experience for everyone. Um, but the I think having this story is really important. And I, I spoke a lot about this at, at a couple of Pride events this year, digital, obviously. Um, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's what's a physical event? Who are people? Um, and I I, th I think I, I spoke about it at a couple of uh, digital sort of panelly things this year about how important this is that we have queer narratives being told mm -hmm. and being played through that aren't optional it's it, it has yeah. to be something that as a as somebody doing it you need to just do it you need to live that experience and i think it's a 
it's a learning point. And I think too often we have examples and, and we can all name name names and name games uh, where, yeah, you can you can be a gay character, but it's optional. You can you can mm-hmm. romance boys and you can romance girls. Um, and I think it just means that, OK, that the potential's there. But I think a lot of people still skirt around it and, and stay on the sort of the straight side of the of the equation. And for me, I think you don't learn anything. And I think if we're trying no, to bring people on this journey, um, I think it's really important that that it's a non-optional thing that people play and learn. And if you don't want to play it, don't play it. It's quite straightforward. Yeah, and I think there's a certain power in the inherent empathy of playing as a character that other mediums don't necessarily have. Like, they, they, they can't communicate in the same way that video games can. And, you know, not to keep singing Don't Nod's praises, but I will. Um, <laughs> life is strange, too. Uh, I, you know, I always thought of myself as a very, you know, socially conscious, woke person, whatever. Um, and I was obviously very upset with the U.S. and their treatment of uh, immigrants and Latin Americans and things like that. Um, but playing through Life is Strange too, specifically, it radicalized me. Because I went from, like, liberal left, I guess, I don't know, to, like, just straight up left when it came to that game of, um, towards the end, I just wanted to burn it all down. I wanted to burn down this whole system, every single last person who enforced it. I I thought I was playing sort of the goody-goody path, the, like, passive path while playing Life is Strange 2. And when I got to that ending, uh, I broke, especially... I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, stuff that happens in the last hour very much breaks me as a person. And I don't know that if watching it would have had that impact on me mm-hmm. um, in the same way as playing as those characters would have. It's, so it's really important. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's a really interesting point about how I think educations can be different in games versus uh, movies or TV. Because as you say, watching mm-hmm. it, you are you are that third person sitting back and it's it's very much something you're just observing whereas in video games the strength of video games it gives you is it's a lived experience you can as close as you can at least to a lived experience but you you can embody that character and and yes certainly life is strange really does make you ask some questions of yourself yeah and uh so yeah tying that back to the queer narratives i I, you're right i am very happy to see these experiences that are non-optional because i think that it can open some eyes and show people what it is like to live in our lives because I have already been exposed yeah. to other people's experiences on a small way um, because of video games. So I'm happy that other people, you know, cishet people will get to experience this and I'm excited to experience more. Going back to the podcast for two seconds, uh, you mentioned obviously you started this in, in the middle of lockdown um, and I was just wondering about, we obviously have all been through the same process of having to sit in our closets and throw duvets over our heads and whatever else, but what challenges have you faced uh, through lockdown uh, recording a podcast? Um, the, I actually have a, a somewhat backwards answer to this because I think it's actually been better. Um, we've had time to play games because um, we haven't been able to do anything else. Nice. Mike and I both work <laughs> in the film and television industry, as does our producer, Matt Kinnar, Um and uh, our industry is completely dead right now. Um, I have a show coming back in a month uh, that I am excited to go back to, but I mean, that's, you know, m- it's still, what, six months into the lockdown? A month. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've had time to play, which is great. Uh, also, uh, 
I don't know that we would have the audio quality that we do if we were all in the same room, because I got to tell you, we talk over each other constantly. We are constantly doing, especially doing <laughs> these things of like, oh, no, 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 you go first. No, 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 you, because we're all Canadian. Uh, so we just trip over each other. <laughs> um, and our producer, Matt, uh, does some incredible stuff to just cut all of that out. And we sound so much more cohesive than we actually are. Um, I, I feel like if we were all in the same room, it actually might hurt our quality a bit. I'm a little concerned about when that day comes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it hasn't been so bad. Um, and I think this is kind of perfect okay. timing for me. We've, I think we've gone the other way. Uh, we started in, in studios mm -hmm. um, and not obviously having um, like home homemade sets and stuff. We actually have, we, we were in studios where it was professionally recorded and mixed and whatever else and now there's just people sat randomly around the world using dodgy internet connections trying to go can you hear me can you hear me now <laughs> um so yeah we're, we're we're i think we might have slid slightly the slightly opposite way um you mentioned your real world job outside of all this as being in film and tv i was going to come on and talk to you about some personal stuff um so can you expand a bit more on what it is you're doing outside of podcasting? Sure thing. Uh, so Mike, my co-host, is a performer. Um, he was actually just recently on the last season of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, which is very cool. Um, I work as an assistant director, uh, which has nothing to do with directing. So it's a terrible title. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> what we do is we are kind of like the supervisors of film sets. Um, the director will say, all right, I like this shot. I want to move on. I'm, you know, and then the assistant director team will come in and go, okay, well, the next shot that you wanted was this, which means camera needs to be looking here. I need these actors standing over here. We need uh, these costumes, these props, special effects got to set up over here. All the logistics that need to happen in order for a film shoot to actually get done. Uh, that is my team and my department. Nice. So it's more of a... Uh a managerial kind of professional production kind of thing of uh we're doing this now we've got to get this get that move that sort that sort that out um and then the director just swans back in and goes right we're going to do this now <laughs> yeah the director focuses on the creative aspects of shooting they try not to get bogged down with all of the nitty-gritty of what actually needs to happen yeah um but we are there to make sure that everything runs as efficiently and smoothly as possible and takes as little time because an average shooting day is about 12 to 14 hours. And uh, that's just exhausting for everyone. But also, it is extremely yeah. expensive. Um, so every minute spent on a film set can be thousands of dollars down the drain, depending on the size of production that you're on. So we're trying to keep that as tight as possible. Got it. Um, I was about to ask if you had much time during that day to play games, but I guess the answer is no. You're running around uh, <laughs> like a blue-ass fly getting everything sorted, like you just said. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a weird sort of work schedule in that uh, as an AD, I actually work longer hours than the crew, so I tend to work 14 to 16 hours a day. Uh, I don't recommend it. It's not healthy. We need to change it. Uh, but that's just the industry standard right mm -hmm. now. Um, and... I will disappear for a couple months at a time as I do those projects, and I don't game because I spend most of my weekend trying to just recover from the brutal work week and, you know, do groceries and be a human for a little bit <laughs> and just sleep. Um, but then the nice part is they pay you so well, and the fact that you can't spend your money because you're never awake to spend that money on anything. You're yes. <laughs> either on set or sleeping. That's it. Uh, 
so it's nice that you save up your money and then you get to take a couple months off usually during the winter no one wants to shoot in a canadian winter let me tell you it is not fun uh so mm. i get usually at least a couple months off a year where i can do whatever i want and what i want is to play video games so i get to sort of balance that time out and i get to binge games and spend as much time as i want on them um so yeah it kind of depends on where you hit me in the year i'm either playing no games or spending at least several hours a day playing games <laughs> and when you're playing games or at least when you have time to play games do you, uh, what's on your uh, to-do list what's on your games uh, list that's sort of coming up obviously at the moment it's difficult because I imagine you're able to play any game you want, any when you want. But is there any games that are coming up that you're looking forward to? Or is there any games that you just haven't got around to yet that you're looking forward to? Okay, so I'm going to shout out an indie game here that I've been waiting for for like a year and a half. They still have no updates, so I have no idea when it's coming. But please, 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 please. Uh, it's called Red Lantern. It is a roguelike game coming to the Switch um, about someone doing the Iditarod run in Alaska. So you build up a team of sled dogs and you take them on the, the sled dog run through the Iditarod um, and you might run out of lantern fuel or one of the dogs might get sick or you might get attacked by a bear or who knows? It's, it's a roguelike, so stuff can happen. Um, but I am so excited to play that, um, both because I love roguelike games and that sounds like a really interesting concept mm. and my boyfriend just really loves any game with a dog in it. So <laughs> that's something that we're going to get to bond over together. So I'm excited for that. Um, in terms of like more AAA stuff that's coming out, um, there's not really a ton coming down that I'm super psyched for at the moment. I do want to play Cyberpunk, um, even though like they have been very mixed in their support of the trans community in some ways. Um, I'm curious to see what they do. Uh, I'm going to keep an open mind, knowing full well that I might be disappointed, but we'll see. Um, oh, but they announced new Pokemon Snap. I'm so in for that. So excited for new Pokemon yes. Snap. Yes. <laughs> what about you? What's what, what are you so excited for? Oh, so um, I think Cyberpunk is on my list of things to get around to as well. Um, just purely from a case of, I still think, regardless, I can't say regardless, I still think on balance, on the whole, um, it is, there, there is going to be history made. And I think it's, it, it, by nature of the design of how these things get put out, I think, yes, there's problems. Yes, it's not exactly a studio that's uh, covered itself in glory. But I, I do feel like one way or the other, um, there is going to be some history made in it. So I, I, I'm definitely going to get around to that. Um, I'm quite. It, it's completely dropped off a lot of people's radars, but the new Marvel Avengers game looks really, really good. And I'm just I sort mean, of like. It came back on everyone's radar yesterday, but not for the reason they wanted it to. <laughs> well, yes, the, the the news that Spider-Man's going to be Sony <laughs> exclusive, I thought was okay. That's 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 a weird, specific sort of uh, sort of thing. Talking of Spider-Man, uh, I'm really looking forward to the Miles Morales game that has been announced for PlayStation 5 that's coming up. So, And there's a few other PlayStation 5 games I'm actually I'm really excited about, but particularly the, the Spider-Man one. I was a huge fan of the PS4 version. Um, and to have it with Miles Morales as a sort of central Spider character, uh, I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I, I loved uh, Spider-Man PS4 so much. It was like so much fun just zipping around, doing whatever you wanted, trying to catch pigeons. Um, Unfortunately, <laughs> my least favorite part 
were those forced stealth sections as MJ and Miles. And it's a shame because I really liked their characterization, but that gameplay was, mm. you know, tedious at best, really frustrating at worst. Um, and I'm so glad to see Miles get the treatment that he deserves. And also just a, si just a side note, uh, the glow up on Miles, like, he was he was already pretty cute in the first one, but the trailer for the second one, like, damn, Absolutely. damn, Miles, I, mean, I am very excited to play with him for a couple hours. <laughs> there's there's somebody exceptionally gay that works at that studio because uh, the the they they put a lot of detail into drawing uh, Peter Parker's body when he's able to swing around in his boxer shorts. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, there's a, there is a lot of detail in that. And the fact that there's a costume where he's just in his boxers. Like, of course you guys did that. Of course you did. Wrap everything up then. So tell us, tell the readers, tell the listeners, uh, where can we listen to the Rainbow Road podcast? Uh, where can we keep in touch with everything? Social medias, etc. cetera. Uh, so you can listen to us on uh, all of your podcasting platforms. Uh, Matt does a great job of making sure that we are completely unmissable. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple. We are on Spreaker. We are on CastBox. We are on, if you can think of it, we're probably there. We're that desperate for attention. Um, if you want to follow <laughs> us on Twitter, it's Rainbow Road Pod. If you want to shoot us an email about wanting to be a, a guest on the podcast or just uh, a topic that you would love to see us cover, it is rainbowroadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, other than that, I mean, just shout, hey, Ginger, and I'll probably come running. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's where you can find us. Does that work in all the gay bars? Yeah, that's, uh, that's usually how it goes. It's a very straightforward process. <laughs> uh, Travis, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, good luck with the podcast. Good luck with everything. Uh, and hopefully don't work too hard when it gets back out into the real world of uh, TV land. Um, yeah, thank you. Take care. That is the end of our episode. A big thank you to my guests, Mia and Travis, and an even bigger thank you to you all for listening. We are going to be back in two weeks with our next episode, but in the meantime, keep up with all the LGBTQ video gaming stories on Gaming Magazine, and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss any of these amazing stories either. We are at Gaming Mag. Take care, see you soon, and goodbye. Goodbye.